0: This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we'd like to encourage you, anyone looking for help with their digital marketing, to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question, or you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. So give them a call, plus four four one two seven three seven three three four three three, or you can fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact. Alternatively, you can speak to either Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the site. They'd be happy to help. Now today, I am actually joined by Scott Colnutt, Head of Digital at Site Visibility. Scott, how are you doing?
1: Very well, thank you. How
0: are you? I'm very, very well. Now, you have been on the show a few times before. I think the last time you were on was back in July 2016. Um, You were on, uh, it was like a two-parter, wasn't it? You were talking about the skills and characteristics to be successful in digital marketing. And then you also talked about the technology that's coming, and you were on previous to that. Uh, I think that was back in February 2016. So you're a bit of an old hander at this, aren't you?
1: It's been a while, uh, definitely. And I've been behind the microphone for a while, helping Sean and working with yourself on actually creating the podcast episodes each week. Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to today.
0: You know, if it wasn't for folks like you, it just wouldn't be possible. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So before we uh, crack on, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Site Visibility.
1: Uh, I'm the head of digital here. I've been here for about five years. As you noted, I've been on the podcast several times before. Yeah. Um, one of my major elements of my role here is the marketing with Sean Nichols, our marketing manager. Um, so helping run our podcasts and our website and all the resources that you see um, that we share. And then I help with the daily operations of the company as well. So that's everything from finance to process to products and people.
0: Fantastic. Now today's topic is uh, ensuring that your website migration goes smoothly. Now I know that we're not going to discuss like detailed sort of step-by-step sort of migration plans and things like that today but can we just cover some of the small parts of the migration that often get sort of missed and cause a a lot of headaches during the process?
1: Yeah definitely I think that um, there are several step-by-step checklists that are out there and I'll probably reference a few today but there are quite a you know, going through the process of migrations, there are little things that come up that cause delays. Sometimes those delays cause people to miss deadlines. Um, sometimes they just cause unnecessary stress. And so I wanted to cover some of those things that I see most frequently in SEO, PPC, maybe some analytics, UX, and some customer service points as well today. Okay.
0: So let's start with, I guess a good, good name for it is pre-migration planning. Uh, what are some of the things that you should sort of be asking fairly early on?
1: Well, this is, I guess, one of the most important parts is asking questions early. And this helps to frame an entire migration. I tend to split it down into, and I'll go through these in, I guess, a bit more detail in a second. But I split it down into why, when, who, and what. And it was only actually in preparation for today's podcast that I started to frame it like this in my head. Um, But I realized that you can break down the questions in this way. So I guess starting with why it's just knowing the reason for a re uh, for a migration. Um, so sometimes that could be because of an entire company rebranding. Sometimes you could be going through a migration because of customer feedback Mm. uh, based on your website. It could be because of changes in your industry. Maybe your competitors are getting ahead, but that's often missed just the questioning around why a client, or even if you're working in-house, why are you planning on migrating and actually, knowing the root reason for that migration. It's a really important thing to know. It could be a vanity reason. It could be that a CEO has seen another competitor's website and they want to upgrade their own. Um, and there's or you know, any reason like that. It's sometimes they're unusual reasons, but just knowing the reason is important. And then there's when. So it's really knowing are there any deadlines already in place as soon as you hear about a migration? Are there any deadlines? And also the other important question is how long has a migration already been in discussion? Once you answer those questions, you can figure out the extent of the work that's already been done and start to know your place in that migration. And that helps too. Then there's who. So if you're working with a client, you know, is the client speaking to anyone else at the moment about this migration? Are they working with design agencies, development agencies, branding agencies, who internally within uh, within the client's company or within the business is taking responsibility for managing that migration. That's really important to know. Mm. And what, So this is one that I, I think is most frequently overlooked is we use migration as a, in marketing um, as a catch all term for sometimes it's domain name changes. Sometimes it's a CMS move. Sometimes it's just aesthetic or design, maybe acquisitions or mergers. But being specific about exactly what the migration entails, and whether it's a migration at all, um, it could just be a design change, that's really important to document.
0: Yeah, that's actually a good point, isn't it? Because I was thinking, Scott, when, when we hear like a website migration, I think a lot of people just automatically assume we're talking about a domain name change. But it's actually a bit more, it can be a bit more than that, which sort of begs the question, how do you know it's a migration rather than, as you just said, a design change?
1: Uh, the only way you know your question is by asking the by asking the question uh, and being uh, i think um i just mentioned it previously but it's been really specific if someone says hey we're about to go for a migration you ask them to break that migration down and what that means to them yeah uh, and that's the easiest way to start that conversation the the i guess the the fear is if you don't ask that question you could find out that you assume um that it's a cms move or you assume that it's just one thing, and then six months down the line, you actually realize it's a, a bigger thing than you originally first thought so it's good to, it's good to cover that early
0: okay, so moving on to more of the SEO side of things, what are some of the forgotten elements that you sort of see most often?
1: Now, just going off the back of what we were just talking about rebranding has a big impact on seO uh, it's kind of underestimated i guess is the words uh, the impact that rebranding has on SEO mm. Uh, rebranding can lead to large-scale copywriting changes and if you're changing a lot of copy on your website that's a really time-consuming process and also if you have a copywriter working in silo of an SEO team there's that part in the middle where you integrate SEO with copywriting yeah and if that's missed as part of a migration and you find out about that late that can really cause some problems between either a copywriter and an SEO agency or just whoever's involved in those two different things in silo. Um, So yeah, in short, rebranding, the impact that has on SEO is underestimated um, and it's good to cover that early. Benchmarks is another one. It's a really simple thing to do. um, Taking benchmarks of your current site so that you know when you do launch a new site, if that's the process of the migration that you're running through, you know what to check against and whether things have improved. So you need to take some benchmark metrics. In respect of SEO, that could be ranking data, page speed data, looking at your total number of index pages or traffic generating pages, yeah. uh, mobile friendliness testing. Um, it's just making sure that you know that you're improving if you don't take those benchmarks and uh, from an SEO uh, perspective. I guess you'll never know whether you've improved or not. So that's a really important part that's often missed.
0: Benchmarks are incredibly powerful, aren't they? Because they, they allow you to sort of more scientifically measure sort of how well you do. Are they, are they an often missed thing, would you say, Scott?
1: I think so. I think in the panic of our migration, people, particularly, and we're breaking this down for SEO right now, but in SEO, people get into the moving into the redirects moving into the keyword usage and uh, elements and copywriting and things like that straight away.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's it's actually at the moment those migra- that migration discussion starts that's when you should start taking those benchmarks and exactly what you just said um it takes the opinion away from whether a migration has been a success or not. Um there's there are def- there's definitely a qualitative element that's important to a migration but what I often find is that after migrations if you're sitting in a room and you ask seven people has the migration been a success there's lots of ums and ahs yes. and that's often because there haven't been any benchmark metrics recorded with which will give you an actual i guess a scientific answer or a yeah. number answer um so that's really i find that's missed and is really important and then a few more um recently related to https mm. uh, again the, i won't go through https checks extensively today Instead, I'd recommend if people are looking for HTTPS migration uh, checklists, they should uh, Google and look for a latest solace's uh, HTTPS checklist. They're excellent. Yeah, uh, but what I've, yeah. what I've seen more recently is HTTPS accounts for Google Search Console and Bing Webmaster Tools, they should be set up for launch day. And so often what happens is that on launch day or a week after launch, if people haven't set up their HTTPS account, They start to look at all the data in the HTTP previous account and they wonder why all the metrics are going down, all the graphs are going down, and that's just because they've forgotten to set up the new HTTPS accounts, which is a reflection of your new website for HTTPS migrations. And um, this is an an actual – the next point about HTTPS is something that actually came up recently for one of our clients, and it's kind of a new problem that I'm seeing.
0: Hmm.
1: If you or if one of your clients – is going through a HTTPS, uh, well, let's just say they're going through a migration, changing their website entirely, and they're switching developers during that migration. Yeah. So you've got your old developer and your new developer, and those development environments are different. So your old development agency are using their servers, and they're using their SSL certificates that they've purchased on your behalf. Yeah. And then you move to your new dev agency, and they launch your new website, Well, we saw recently an example where the two development agencies didn't communicate about the transfer of the SSL certificate. Ah. So, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was an ah moment. So it's a really important one now, uh, which maybe didn't exist three, four years ago where you have to ensure that if you're working with an old a- a development agency and a new agency as part of a new website launch or migration, that they communicate about what's happening with the SSL certificate to ensure that your new website launches secure and without any hitches. So that's really important.
0: I just out of interest, because I know that uh, like the security authorities this, uh, are, are sort of recommending, aren't they, to move, if you can, to HTTPS Yep. Are you finding a lot of people are doing this? What's the sort of pie chart look like these days? Are, the sort of, are most people still on HTTP or are more of them moving on to HTTPS these days?
1: I haven't seen any recent studies. I think there might be a Moz study out there from maybe last year. I, I honestly can't remember the figures from that. But um, just from my observations, yeah, even in search results, I'm seeing more HTTPS. I think when Google first announced that they'd give a small – I think they said that HTTPS would be a ranking factor. This was three years ago. I would say that I've seen an increase in people switching to HTTPS more in the last year. Mm. Um, and in fact, it's something that we've got coming up for Site Visibility's website in the next, probably next quarter or two. So yeah, there's definitely an increase in sites moving to HTTPS, definitely. And mm. particularly as part of migrations, it it just makes sense to switch to HTTPS as part of a new website build. I think there might have even been a news story from um, this week. I remember seeing it Search Engine Land or somewhere like that. Uh, where, they, where Google was saying actually switching to HTTPS as part of a brand new website launch is the best way to go, which makes complete sense as well. Yeah. Just a couple of other, I guess, little things with SEO, if it's okay for me to cover those. Yeah, yeah
0: carry on. Yeah.
1: First is to make sure that your development and staging sites have no index tags, so they're not indexed in search results, so um, no one can find them. You don't want customers or competitors coming across your sites, so and you don't want any potential duplicate content issues either. On the flip side of that, when you launch a new website, you don't want to carry across your no-index tags from the staging (laughs) server. Whoops. Uh, Yeah, whoops! that's happened to me before with a very big uh, retail client, not a site visibility in the past, but um, they launched around Christmas time and had their site no-indexed, yeah, around the Christmas period, which was not good for them. Um, So yeah, just making sure those no-index tags are removed for launch. And then the same as kind of with the uh, no index tags, but with robots.txt files, they're often overlooked as part of migrations. You should be pre-preparing your new website's robots.txt file for launch day and not carrying across the one that you had on the staging server. So those are a couple of little things that often get missed as well. And so there's actually just one thing on the note about SEO. If uh, we do have a really good uh, SEO migration checklist, On the Site Visibility website, if you go to sitevisibility.co.uk slash resources, you'll find it there. Um, It's got way more kind of detail about some of these things I've just discussed.
0: Fantastic. So let's move on to paid media, uh, pay-per-click. Is it just a case of changing URLs or is there more to it, Scott?
1: Well, it's definitely um, important to remember to change URLs if you're going through a a HTTPS migration, uh, so from HTTP to HTTPS. Um, Any changes to URLs at all uh, in any kind of migration will mean that you're going to have to change your destination URLs in your ads. So that's really important. But I guess the biggest thing that I've seen more recently is uh, people underestimating the impact that a rebrand, again, has on PPC. So it's not just a case of, oh, we're rebranding. That just means that the ad guys will have to change the the URLs. Actually, a rebrand can mean a real change to your ad copy, or it should mean a real change to your ad copy. Because if you're rebranding, it probably means that you want to convey either a different message or convey a message to a different audience. So that means that your audience targeting will likely change as well. And likewise, if you're rebranding and that rebranding means, uh, say, a CMS change or a design change and you're changing the landing pages, that can also impact your AdWords quality score. And so you don't want your AdWords uh, agency or your AdWords guy in-house to hear about a rebrand or a design change late. And um this is one again I don't see and maybe it's time and maybe it's people panic in migrations and um things are rushed but I don't see enough of PPC and SEO agencies or colleagues talk enough about worst case scenarios for migrations. Yeah. So the worst case scenario is that from an SEO perspective you're going to lose some traffic potentially for some big keywords uh potentially potentially for your highest traffic generating pages and there is a way you can mitigate some of that risk and um that's by the SEO team communicating any known risks as part of the SEO side of the migration to the PPC team ahead of launch so that maybe they can pre-prep- uh, pre-prepare ads in advance of launch for those keywords. Yeah. And that's just cool. a really simple way to get SEO and PPC talking around a migration and to ensure that, um you know, worst case scenario, things go bad, you start to lose traffic and you know where things are dropping off your PPC guys can maybe fill that gap temporarily and have ads prepared. So that's something that I'd recommend as well.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of power, isn't there, in sort of pre-planning stuff. And I could almost imagine having some sort of what-if type document as part of the plan. <laughs> for yeah, that's, like that's,
1: that. a, that's a good idea. That's probably something I'm going to create after this now, yeah.
0: Yeah. So moving on to, let me see, analytics. Um, in terms of tracking, you know, for example, with Google Analytics, what do people need to consider there?
1: Uh, Well, the first thing that comes to mind is making sure you have a separate Google Analytics property configured for testing on your staging server. Uh, That's really easy these days with something like Google Tag Manager Environments. And you don't want to be doing testing on your live site. You really want to be doing that on the staging site and launching on launch day with everything tested and configured. So definitely, um, if you can and you're not already on Google Tag Manager, move across to that as part of a migration and then and then set up gtm environments Uh, the next one this is really simple but um, and it should be done regardless of a migration just excluding any agency or freelancer potentially ips from your google analytics account yeah during a period of a a migration or a website launch you've got multiple agencies accessing a website you don't want their data to impact um, your brand new website and your brand new data set so um, exclude as many people as you can uh, if you're this is, again, something that's pretty new since the HTTPS, which has started to happen more frequently. Uh, but you've got to make sure that you relink your Google Analytics uh, property to your new HTTPS Google Search Console account. Yes. Uh, so, so that's in I think that's in the either the property. I think it's in the property settings of Google Analytics or maybe in the Search Console section. I can't really remember. But um, either way, you need to relink those two things. There's checking. that This is a really basic one. But again, on launch day is really important to make sure that your analytics or Google Tag Manager container is featured on all pages on the website on launch day. So you're not missing any pages that can easily be done with a tool like GA Checker, Observe Point, if you have that kind of tool, HubScout. Um, and then there's a small setting in Google Analytics for your default URL, and there's the option to move from HTTP to HTTPS. Again, if you're switching to HTTPS, just go into the default URL section and update your URL to the HTTPS URL. So those are the things that come to mind for analytics. Small, but uh, really important.
0: Yeah. Let's just talk briefly about uh, UX, user experience. Um Sort of what is it that people can do when preparing a new site to ensure that users are considered? I know you've got a couple of thoughts on this, haven't you?
1: Yeah, well, I think that whether it's design or rebranding or for whatever reason, we going back to that root reason, you're launching or migrating for a reason and ideally that reason should be considering customers. It should be for a customer reason uh, and a customer-centric reason and it's really important to make sure that you take your own opinion out of particularly rebrands so it's not just your opinion on whether that rebrand has gone successful or not it really should be a customer's opinion and the customers will give you the best feedback on whether you're conveying that message well or you know you've improved on what you previously had so you could use websites like uh, usertesting.com or what users do and you could set up a few questions for unbiased web users to review that website and you can ask them questions uh, based on your rebrand or based on the message you're trying to convey. Mm-hmm. And that will really give you some first-hand feedback. Yeah, and take the the opinion away from away from the uh, rebrand. So definitely use a user service like user testing or what users do. I often see that avoided because of the time and cost. But again, if you pre-plan this stuff and you have enough time on a staging site to allow yourself to do that kind of testing... You'll know whether you're on the right track or not because there's there's going to be nothing worse than launching a brand new website. And then actually have your customers come back and tell you that it's horrible. I'm th- as I'm thinking that I'm thinking about Snapchat. Snapchat, this uh, the oh, last. Yes, of yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they've. I, I. And I don't know. I haven't actually read in detail about what their testing process is, but they've gone and launched an update that everybody seems to hate. And I'm just. Uh, I don't know. Um, that's just a really good example of getting your user feedback. It could be beta testers. But in the, in, um, when it comes to websites, user testing, what users do is really important.
0: Yeah, it's very powerful, isn't
1: it? Yeah. And then uh, launch day, um, making sure that you've got enough people on launch day that are testing the new site just manually. <laughs> so maybe set up something like a Trello board or a Google Sheet just to log any bugs or feedback on the website when it's launched. Um, so that can be internally within your team. Uh, but I often like getting people involved that haven't worked on the, uh, on a migration or on a rebrand, someone that's completely impartial. So maybe your office manager or your secretary or whoever, um, whoever's not involved, get those people involved in reviewing a website and they will tell you where things are broken. Uh, because you kind of if you're working on something like that, you become blind to some of the big issues. And um, there's just one tool that I've been using lately, which I really like for kind of UX checks and UX recording and it's just called UX check and that's a Chrome extension And and it allows you to run through a website, highlight particular elements, record what's broken, what you would improve, your feedback and then you can export all of that feedback at the end into a Word file. I just really like it and I've been using that lately so I'd recommend that for people as well.
0: Now there's one more thing I want to talk about. Uh, very, very important, maybe overlooked is customer service. So I was just wondering, what do businesses need to consider in respect to their customers after they've done a, done a, you know, a website migration?
1: Yeah, well, the the I guess the answer is in the question. It's the customers as part of that. It's so strange the amount of times that I see a new website launched and. I guess, again, you get caught up in the practical elements of a migration and you forget there's a customer behind that migration on that new website. So number one is just tell your customers that you're launching a new website and also why you're doing it. Because going back to that root reason, the reason you're doing it should be for the customer anyway. Mm. And so you should make them excited about the fact that you're launching a new website because it will contain even new information or help them do something easier or You know they're at the heart of the reason for it so um if you have an email list email them on launch day email them in in ahead of launch day on social media pin your tweets maybe even set up paid social ads for launch day get people excited about the fact that you are launching don't leave it as a surprise for customers to start complaining about your new website you know if you tell them in advance we're launching this new website and if you have any problems Uh, You can report them here, tell them exactly where to go uh, on launch day. If they spot bugs, make them feel a part of that process and make sure that you reward them for doing that. Um, That's really important, too. And just on the note about social media with your customer service team. So, you know, there are companies like ASOS and um, the majority of their customer support seems to happen via Facebook, Twitter, those kind of platforms. Yeah. Make sure your social media team are prepared and aware And it doesn't really matter whether it's a migration or just a small development change or a design change. Anything that's customer facing is going to impact customers will ultimately filter through and impact your customer service team. And if they know about those changes, they can prepare in advance. So they can, let's say you're using a social media monitoring tool or engagement tool, you can usually set up filters in those tools in advance. You could use a filter that, Just filters all the conversations where people are looking at using the word, I don't know, problem with website or issue with website or what the hell is this. And you can make sure that your customer service team have got a feed for all those problems coming through live on launch day and that you don't have a scenario where your customer service team come into work one morning and you've suddenly got all this user feedback and they don't know what to do with it. You can can pre-plan some of your answers to customer questions if you get your customer service team or social media team involved early. So um, yeah, that's something I recommend as well.
0: So Scott, we have covered, a, a, I was going to use the phrase shed load, but I don't like that <laughs> phrase very much. A lot of very useful information today. In fact, I would highly recommend our listeners to, to have a listen to this show with a notebook and make a, a sort of checklist, a, a mig- migration checklist that they use. But if out of all the stuff we talked about today, if you had one top tip or a, a key takeaway, for our listeners today, what would it be, Scott?
1: Uh, well, I've reiterated it throughout the podcast. I've used the phrase "root reason" quite a lot. So, the root reason—if um, you're the person that has decided that you're going to launch a new website or you're going to migrate—you have it's your responsibility to tell people why. So, it's your responsibility to tell tell people the extent of that migration. And if you're um, if you're an agency, and um, on the flip side, and you've just heard about a migration. It's your responsibility to look beyond your contract. So as an SEO agency, for example, you can't just look at the SEO part of the migration. You have to look at the migration entirely and figure out how you best fit in. But you'll be doing yourself and your client an injustice if you just look at the thing that you're contracted to do. Look beyond that, and then their migrations go a little bit more seamlessly.
0: Well, Scott Colnutt of Site Visibility, thank you so much for joining us today. How can our listeners find out more about you and site visibility
1: uh well i'm on twitter not very often but at scott Colnuts. i sometimes chip in with a few tweets on our social media account account at site visibility uh i'm also as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast i'm one of the guys with sean uh, on live chat so if anyone has any questions about migrations you can also come use the live chat feature on our website and talk to me there
0: fantastic and just to clarify the spelling of your name um s-c-o-t-t that's the easy bit and yep. then Colmart is C-O-L-E-N-U-T-T. It's double T at the end, isn't it? That is correct. That's, that's your Twitter handle. Okay, yep. fantastic. Well, thanks for that, Scott. And thanks for our listeners for listening. Show notes are in the usual place. sitevisibilitycouk slash impodcast. Um, encourage you to leave a review so we know how we're doing. If you want to feed back with suggestions for future topics or questions, you can email the the podcast g- generically. Podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. Uh, you can tweet at site visibility as scott just said Uh, we've also got a site visibility group on linkedin so i think that's all from me andy and it's all from scott
1: thank you very much
0: and we'll see you next time on internet marketing